Hi, I'm Peter Anthony. And I'm Steve Angel. You're listening to Men With Spirit. Join us as we explore what it means to be a modern man and to live a spirited life. Hello and welcome to the 13th episode of Men With Spirit at Radio Karam. You're listening to us live, you already know that you can listen to us here via the Radio Karam app every Thursday at 4pm. You can also grab a podcast version of the show, with or without the music, within a day or so. So look out for the Radio Karam on your favourite podcast platform. In these episodes, we explore what it means to be a man today. We look at the issues that can prevent men from fully showing up in the relationships that matter most to them. And we delve further into the work we do in our weekly men's groups, where we encourage men to get out of their heads and into their hearts. Hello and welcome. My name is Steve Angel and I'm thrilled to be with you here again uh, after a couple of weeks now, Mm -hmm. actually. Yeah, so last week we were not on air and the week before that I was studying uh, at, at a conference learning a brand new healing modality called Mind Alignment, which I'm sure we will talk about in the next few weeks. Um, and I want to say a huge thank you to Brett Whittle, who stepped in while I was away that week with my co-host, Peter, um, and and to you too, Pete. Thanks for taking the lead on the radio show when we were away and uh, allowing me to focus on the conference. So, thank you very much for that. And welcome to the show, Pete. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Look, uh, more than happy to uh, to fill in, so to speak, whilst you're at the conference. Very important to be doing that. And um, uh, it's great to be here in the studio and actually doing it live. We are in the, the studio, the, that's the, right. The 12 shows up to date we've been doing uh, remotely, and uh, that has had its technical issues, but um, it really feels like we're on the, ra- on the radio, being in the studio here, which is a fantastic setup. Mm. And it's good to see Marcus uh, working his magic in, magic in the background. And good to see that he's fully recovered from his bout of the good old-fashioned flu. And uh, a lot's been happening since we uh, were last on air, Steve, um, including we've had a number of meetings of our groups in Frankston, Menion and Leon Gatha. Mm. And we also, you and I, went to an event, as it turned out, last Thursday at uh, DB Results, uh, who are the the organisation that are um, uh, supporting men with spirit through making available its MIOK app. That's so, right, uh, yeah. That was that, a lovely was a little event, night. wasn't it? Yeah, and it was really great to have the um, support for the organisation expressed publicly and uh, most appreciated. It really was, yes. No, it was a pretty busy week, actually. Um, <laughs> And it's been great. It's been fantastic having those uh, two new meetings starting up in Minion and Lee and Gatha, which is a great feeling to have the work spreading out and uh, helping more and more men. So I'm thrilled with that. Um, so let's talk about today's topic, Pete. Well, actually, I think this topic actually was something that I inst- you, you instigated, didn't so I? You, you can introduce it, mate. <laughs> it was, yeah. Look, about a... F- Two or three weeks ago in a conversation with Pete, um, I actually expressed to him that I was feeling quite sad and I wasn't really even sure why I was feeling sad, which was quite perplexing at the time. And it started a conversation about emotions and in particular crying because Mm -hmm. what I felt was a sadness, not for anything in particular, but it wasn't even something that I, I could grasp on it it just felt it in deep inside me and i felt like i needed to cry but i was struggling to cry 
And that kind of started this conversation. So I thought, well, why don't we explore this on the show? Because I won't be the only person who uh, who struggles with crying. And it's something that we have spoken about in our groups. And I thought this would be a, make a great topic for the week. So I guess the question is, is, you know, let's look at, you know, is it acceptable for a man to cry or not to cry? Um, are we still affected by sort of gender conditioning about men and crying? And mm-hmm. and what can we actually do to help those tears flow? Um, you know, even if it isn't just about sadness, about releasing whatever emotion is underlying. So, let me ask you, Pete, and get this conversation started. As long as I can ask the same question to you in return. Yes, that's the deal we have because we have a value of equality here. Go for it. Um, how would you describe your relationship with crying? Okay, look, I've been giving a fair bit of thought to this and uh, I'd say in recent years in particular, I've had very little difficulty in crying to express um, a range of emotions, um, sadness, um, upliftment, love and connection, uh, empathy, self-pity, and unfairness, a whole range of emotions that um, express themselves uh, in me crying one way or another to, to varying degrees of, in, of intensity, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say at one level I can cry um, easily and unconsciously uh, with, or sub, uh, not being conscious of um, other people around that I can just um, get a few uh, tears in the eye and uh, and and feel comfortable with that and I'm told that I do that perhaps more than most men but at a deeper level I sense that um, I'm still holding on to some deep sadness that I need to release but mm. I do hold myself back because I don't want to slip into this state of um, extended self-pity and uh, and just wallow in that so <clears throat> um, there's a, I think this is there's a good sort of crying where um, you can lock yourself away and have a good old ball mm. um, to just release stuff. And uh, I'd have to say at the moment, it, for me at least, it's uh, still work in progress. So on one level, I'd say I can cry quite easily. On another level, I recognise there's some deeper stuff there that I, I know I want to release. So from my perspective and my relationship with crying, I would say crying is good for you, Mm. whatever gender you are, male Mm. or female or whatever. Yeah, good. Good, good. So what what is stopping you from... You said you don't want to fall into self-pity, but does it always end in self-pity? Well, it's just this fear that um, uh, it will be... uh, um, I said to you at the time that uh, I felt if I started crying mm-hmm. at a deep level, mm-hmm. I'd never stop. Mm-hmm. And it's that, even after everything I've done and all the, the therapies and all the rest of it, I still recognise there's something. It's like you were talking about the sadness you feel yes. and how do you release it. And there's this knowing that there's something there mm-hmm. and there's um, a reluctance to face it mm-hmm. and just let it go. And uh, I recognise that, mm-hmm. but um, I keep telling myself, "Well, no, it's, it's self-pity." But I recognise that I'd, it would do me a lot of good to actually release all of that. 
And that is a thing with crying too. Mm. If, when you do actually let yourself go, there is a very cathartic feeling at the end of it mm. Mm. that makes you feel much lighter. You realise how much you're actually holding on and the amount of tension that's causing in your body to do so, especially if you're fighting the crying. Yep, absolutely. So how would you describe your relationship with crying, Steve? Oh, look, I don't... I'm probably got a little bit more of a resistance to crying. Mm-hmm. Let's. I was thinking about this question because I knew you were going to ask. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, you know, my parents would say to me that I was a sook as a child, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think if I was to examine that question, it is loaded with a whole lot of trauma that I need to deal with. <laughs> However, that says a lot more about them, I think. Um, so, I obviously cried a lot as a child. Um, maybe I was just really sensitive. I, I've always have been very sensitive um, to other people and sort of the way that they uh, behave and, and probably the way that I feel around them. So, that has been sort of my earliest memory about crying. Um, I don't really find it very easy to cry for myself. I find it very easy to cry when I see other people cry. It's almost like yawning. If, mm-hmm. I, if you start mm-hmm. to cry right now, Pete, yep. I will start to tear. Mm. And I will do that in, in a movie and I will do that anywhere. Like, it's just so easy for me to mm. empathize or sympathize with someone else. But if I was to do it for myself, the times that I've actually cried, the, the deepest and the hardest have been for other people and the loss of them in my life. My grandparents, my aunt. And there have been times in, the, in my relationship where we've cried as well. Um, so, yeah, it needs to be quite big and significant for me to finally let go mm-hmm. of that. So, yeah, I think I'm probably not as free with it as you are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's interesting, isn't it? And and I don't know whether that's just, you know, from past behavior and past conditioning or whether it's just who I am as a person. What do mm. you think? Mm. Well, I think we all, um, we were talking the other night and one of the guys said uh, that he had great trouble in terms of um, uh, crying at Mm -hmm. all or expressing emotions and um, I think it it is a big issue for uh, for a lot of men and for people generally. So, Mm. um, anyhow, we'll explore it a bit further. Some of the other questions we wanted to explore were... Mm. Well, you know, there's something you asked me about my childhood. I think another thing when I think about childhood and crying was um, I do remember my parents often saying to me, you know, just don't cry. Not because they didn't want me to cry, but I think that they were affected by my sadness and that obviously affected them. So, therefore, they felt that if I stopped crying, then that that would make them feel a little bit better, you know, mm-hmm. um, and reduce any sort of feeling of guilt or whatever that they have that their son or their child is feeling distressed and they want to take that pain away from the child. But I wonder whether that has an effect as well as to not to cry. I remember that a lot. I don't ever really remember being told don't cry because you're a boy or anything like that. Um, but I do remember just when I did cry that there was often, you know, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, that kind of sort of soothing. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that was just a thought that just sort of came back to me when you were talking about childhood. Um, but I did see a lot of crying in in my family, you know. Um, mm. It's very common and in my culture as well, you know, around mourning people, there's, it's, it's almost a little bit 
over the top mm. sometimes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it becomes very exaggerated in, in its nature. So, so in that context, it was okay to cry. It was, yes, absolutely. It was allowed to cry for days too, mm. you know. Um, yeah. I, I'm, what about yourself? I mean, what was it like with uh, your family? Well, I, I somewhat similar in some respects. That um, I think I'd say that I was a very sensitive, caring, and loving child who did uh, cry when I was hurt emotionally, particularly by my mother. Um, she was a single mum, and I was an only child. And uh, it turned out she had a few uh, mental problems as well. So growing up in that environment, I realised that I was I was being uh, quite hurt emotionally and I, I can remember quite distinctly standing in front of the mirror one day and just deciding to shut myself down emotionally to protect myself from the ongoing hurts mm-hmm. and I remember it quite distinctly and it's taken me a long time to recognize that and put it to one side but um, but many things that um, well, many things caused me to cry these days as an expression of different emotions mm-hmm. and the um, like you, the the passing of people that mm-hmm. I care for or felt uh, connected to, and um, I, I was thinking of obviously my nana who died many years ago, but also Diana's funeral, which we'll come back to later on, Princess Diana. Um, I bawled my eyes out at, at that uh, occasion, but I also. Um, when I'm meditating and go into a deep meditation, I have a, a strong sense of connection and love when I do that. And I'll normally come out of that with you know, tears running down my cheeks and down my neck and everything else and uh, really feeling very uplifted with that sense of connection and, and love. Um, the other thing that I find um, causes me to cry is beauty and creativity. And music's an obvious one. Um, a, a whole range of music will bring mm-hmm. me to tears. Uh, films, literature, art. Um, I can remember, I'll just share one thing with you. When I uh, remember I was in um, Malaysia years ago, I was just wandering through a, a gallery at lunchtime and came across this uh, very large um, painting by a Chinese artist of a, uh, a Central Asian woman with a child on the back uh, on the steps of Asia. And uh, it just touched me so much. And I just remember standing in this gallery just lunchtime with a sandwich in my hand uh, bawling my eyes out looking at this um, painting so it obviously touched something with me mm-hmm. um, but significant events uh, when I was married I was a bubbling mess and, uh, <laughs> but also the, the birth of each of my children I found that uh, very emotional um, life circumstances regrets um, shared experience empathy there's a whole range of things that I find will cause me to cry or to tear up um, to varying degrees, but um, I'd say if I want to cry, I cry, mm. and I do that openly. I don't need to hide myself around uh, a way to do that. Yeah. What when about you, you? When you were talking about the meditation as well, I think with a lot of the work that I've been doing lately, I am being exposed to feeling more instead of you know in my head, and as a result of that, I have noticed that with several meditations that I have done, in in group meditations mm-hmm. um, and with the right music and the right energy, I have felt this sense where there is overcome by emotion, but it's almost a, like you said, there's this a, a connection, a love, almost a reverence in it that is very different to sadness and, and mm. you know, an upset. 
and it just causes you to to, to cry, um, and that's a beautiful feeling. Yeah, and 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 the, what we're very much on about with our group work um, is getting people out of their mind and getting more into feelings. Mm. And the thing I really um, feel uplifted about when we're uh, when when I meditate is if you do meditate or if I do meditate uh, deeply and have a strong sense of connection that overwhelming sense of love and safety and being uh, embraced and um, uh, nurtured uh, is is quite profound and um, i really um, seek that out it's mm-hmm. it's it's almost like um love on demand type thing <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah it's funny how cry Crying is an expression of so many different emotions. On one hand, it can be uh, uh, deep sadness. On another mm-hmm. occasion, it can be uh, sheer joy and upliftment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting way that humans react to uh, emotions. But it, it gets back to the point I was making, that it's out, getting out of our head and more into our heart and what we're feeling. And, and it brings home the importance of feelings rather than thoughts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I do remember that I was watching recently a, an episode of a uh, one of the home, you know, the, one of those grand design shows. I know this seems quite bizarre, but it was a grand design show. And this was gentleman who was building this home has taken him. He had a year in his in, in, in his mind that he was going to build this magnificent home. And it was it was it was such a project to do. And he was doing so much of it on his own. And at the end, when he reflected back on the effort and the result, which is this magnificent, you know, building that he put together, pretty much a lot on his own. He broke down into tears and as he was expressing it um, to the host. And it was tears of like, it was relief. It was this, I can't believe that I've done it. This kind of, there was an exhaustion in it. But it was, you could tell that in order for him to get through this entire project, he had to give it his all in order to do that. And he would have had to fight exhaustion. He would have had to fight sleep deprivation, frustration, so many setbacks. And he just kept pushing and pushing and pushing to this point where he's is now, he's completed and he's looking back and these tears just come out. This kind of this joy and exhaustion. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, it's a sense of um, achievement and accomplishment mm. and pride of what's yeah. been achieved. I think um, uh, Grand Designs is a great show. What I like is often at the end of the program when you've got the if it's a couple working on a project, where one would well, one of the uh, of the couple will say to the other one just how much they how much pride they have in mm. <laughs> just thinking about it's making me cry. I know um, I can see uh, that you do cry easily. <laughs> it, you know, just that sense of pride in the other yes. person and the love for what yeah. they've put in mm-hmm. is just so uh, amazing. It is. And it's one of the things I really like about the program. Mm. They've been through all this pain mm-hmm. and the payback is they've done this together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Good. Good. All right. Well, I think we're almost time for our first song. And um, I've chosen the first song. And in this particular one, I wanted a song that, to me, expresses a lot of different emotions, not just sadness. There's there's joy, there's reverence. Um, there's so much in this song, depending on what you choose to fixate on, whether it be music or the lyrics. And now, the song that I've chosen is Hallelujah, which was written by Leonard Co- Cohen. But I've chosen to choose a very different version of the song. Um, the, you know, I know that the Jeff Buckley cover is probably 
I think, one of the best of them. Um, but I've chosen one by Pentatonics, which is a vocal group. And the reason why I've chosen this one is when they sing the, these lyrics, there is such emotion in the way that they express the lyrics that I've, I find it really quite moving and, and a song that I love to listen to in general, um, especially when I'm sort of wanting to feel. Mm. So here we go. Let's go with the first song, Pentatonics version of Hallelujah. Take it away, Marcus. Hi, everybody. This is Wit from Spiderbait. When I'm passing through Karam, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometres an hour and reminisces about doing the Eel Race Road Rumba or the Watley Street Wiggle, I like to tune in to Radio Karam and get down with the good vibes. Welcome back. You're listening to Men With Spirit on Radio Karam mm. with Steve Angel and Peter Anthony. And we're discussing crying, and we had just finished listening to Hallelujah by Pentatonics. Pete, let's talk about crying from your perspective as a Hanuman healer. Do you mm-hmm. want to share a little bit more about what, what, what you do as a Hanuman healer and, and how it actually helps with emotional healing? Yeah, well, Hanuman healing is specifically a form of emotional healing. It's been brought forward from uh, ancient Egypt. And it's a form of energy healing that is very deep, uh, gentle and uplifting. And often, um, as we're doing it as a healer, the, um, the emotions can be released either in the healing session, which and people could cry, they can have all sorts of different reactions people have. So um, crying is sometimes the way in which people will release these pent-up emotions they've, they're holding. And um, Hanuman healing can form a very effective and significant part of a um, process of change, uh, enabling people to um, move forward in their life and get through old emotional blockages. And it works uh, by using very light touch on different points on the body and, and then the energy is direct to very specific emotions where they're held within the body as blockages and uh, and these can often result in feelings of physical pain. So the healing energy that we use um, varies according to the emotion being dealt with, and um, this process releases the blockages within the body, thereby improving the physical and emotional health of the client. But um, it it can range from a whole range of things, Um, sadness, anger, um, you name it. It's... um, very extensive Uh, there's hundreds of different points for different emotional conditions and we get more and more specific but it is one of these um, modalities that is very effective and it can be particularly so if you use it in uh, as a complementary therapy in in conjunction with say homeopathy or spiritual counseling and you can get um, emotional uh, breakthroughs very quickly and people are very um, surprised when they have it that uh, just by someone touching them in a particular point on the body, it can actually release um, uh, emotional blockages and people can cry or their legs can jerk or, or whatever. Uh, there's a whole range of different emotions or uh, reactions people can have. But uh, it's one of these um, modalities that uh, if people are dealing with emotional issues, it's worth considering. All right, and, and like I don't know if you want to comment on um, spiritual counselling and how, in terms of how that could use, be used in conjunction with animal healing, for example. 
Yeah, I will. I just wanted to ask you a question about mm-hmm. uh, Hanuman healing and w- what do you find are the most common points that you would work on with somebody? Um, often people just want clarity moving forward and just clarity is a, a, a good one that uh, people find after the session and it's normally within three or four days so they'll start to join the dots and they'll have a lot more clarity. Anger's one that um, is often there but below anger there may be feelings of unfairness um, and a sense of inequality. Um, a lot of um, emotions or issues from their childhood may uh, still be held in the body. Um, so there's a range of different uh, feelings um, uh, that we that we deal with. So when you say they get blocked in the body, how, how does that affect the them as people what does that cause them to do in their life well they can uh, another one we there's a lot of points that deal with avoidance where they can uh, because of issues they can avoid things in their life and, and if you keep doing something and you don't address it it's going to result in some physical ailment mm-hmm. or issue and the longer you don't address these things it'll um, play out um, physically mm-hmm. so the, there is a nexus between emotional blockages and physical consequences mm-hmm. and I think in my case I can think of um, uh, as a good case study in in not addressing things and therefore things flow out, playing out physically so um, I'm a good case study in that respect I think um, yeah it's um, but it is this holding of um, blockages in the body and not addressing uh, them and, and even if you have, um, it works very well as a complementary therapy for surgery and uh, conventional medicine, so it can support that as well. Mm. Mm. And and what's your success been with Hanuman Healing as a client? I, I reckon uh, I've got a lot out of it, but I reckon I'm a hard nut to crack. And I, 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 <laughs> you heard I, it here. Yeah, <laughs> heard it here, people. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's done me a lot of good, um, but I think it's very much work in progress for me. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. You did mention it, it's a great complementary um, modality. It, it has been because uh, as a counsellor, as spiritual counsellor, I do refer my clients to do Hanuman healing and the reason being is that often when we're exploring emotions as a counsellor sometimes these feelings and these emotions are so deep Mm. that clients may not even have recognition of the hurts that they've been suppressing for so long and even though you try through counselling, that's intervening into their thought processes and trying to get them even to remember. Even memory can be blocked mm-hmm. by a client if the pain is so great that they're not even sure what they're even suppressing anymore. Um, so I've found that to be really helpful when I'm working with clients to actually send them off and have a few sessions. Yep. And so that someone like yourself is actually helping just release these feelings that they're not even they're not even recognizing are there and and sometimes because they've held that hurt or that pain for so long for for, for decades mm-hmm. um there may have been something that's been uh, with them since uh, being childhood yeah and they're so used to having that in the body that um the the body's used to having it so when you actually intervene to get rid of it they say hang on after a few days or a few weeks actually i'm 
I'm missing something here. I want that mm. back again because I'm quite used to having that that pain and that hurt. And I want it back again. So it's a, a very counterintuitive sort of thing, but that's what does happen. So you, that's why you need a number of sessions to keep working on something. It's so true, isn't yeah. it? And it's it's when I've heard of the example of where you know people will say a physical ailment they may have, maybe a sore back or a leg or something, and then often ask them how long they've had it for, and they'll say, "Oh, I've had it for five years, six mm. years, seven mm. years," and you think. We get so accustomed to pain yep. and becoming used to it and it being part of who we are. Yeah, and emotional pain is exactly the same as the physical mm-hmm. pain. You, you keep, uh, you, you're used to having it, so. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking about um, uh, crying with, mm. um, just moving on a little bit, but crying with the, the guys uh, in, in various groups and in various circumstances recently. Yes, And they true. came up with uh, some insights which I thought were really good and I think we just wanted to share some of the points that came through from that discussion. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting some of the views that came through and I'm not surprised by them, yeah. you know. Um, one of them I've got here was, uh, it was very important that the guys felt that they could trust the person that they were going to cry in front of if they weren't crying on their own that they the person needed to be someone they could trust and that even included their partners not all of them felt that you know their partner was someone that they could cry mm. in front of which mm. was it's consider uh, quite a, a major consideration and su- such a uh, a sad thing to reflect as well that you know you can't be that vulnerable in front of somebody yeah. that you're supposed to trust. Yeah, and I, I was talking to a guy um, in another context entirely who made the comment that um, uh, when when they did cry in in, the, in front of their wife, um, they were they were put down, and mm. you know you're not a man sort of thing, you know toughen up sort of thing. What are you mm. crying for? You know, I didn't marry a, a wimp sort of, and the reaction was so. Um, what he didn't need and, mm-hmm. and want. He wanted that support and understanding from his partner. He didn't get it. So it's it's difficult um, just because we can cry easily and we're in circumstances where we're supported. It doesn't mean that the uh, other mm-hmm. blokes have got that same supportive environment mm-hmm. and the expectations of their partners may be totally different. Mm-hmm. And that's where getting help from a, a counsellor or a healer or a, a men's group or something like that to support them in dealing with some of these things is so um, so critical. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Another one was this um, a feeling of vulnerability. There was just like having to let their guard down and be feel very, very vulnerable in front of somebody or mm-hmm. even within themselves to, to, to have those sort of very... Um, soft, delicate kind of feelings that crying will bring versus this kind of machoism that they want to hold on to this kind of like this armour that they were wearing. So feeling of vulnerability was something that they spoke about. Um, one of them also did say that they felt cathartic when they did cry, that there mm. was a really lovely feeling, this really lightness of when um, they did have a good cry, that they yeah. felt really kind of light. You're releasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But a lot, but you know, we also there was a lot that actually said that they do struggle to cry at all, which was not surprising. Um, and, you know, even just in our discussion already, you said, you know, I, I've already said that, you know, I struggle to cry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, that was some of the the feedback we got from a range of different blokes in in recent weeks, which was we thought we'd share with you. But um, what I'd like to do now, Steve, is just share the. Um, the second song that we came up with, and this, and talking about the music we've cho- chosen today, has a um, an emotional element to it. And um, this song was performed by Elton John at Princess Diana's funeral in 1997. 
And this is one of the songs that does bring me to tears. And um, I mentioned earlier, earlier on, uh, at the time, I couldn't explain why, but I bawled my eyes out throughout the whole ceremony and the broadcast and seeing that, uh, that hearse go on its drive with all the uh, people throwing mm. flowers onto the, onto the car. But I felt a, a deep sense of, um, or deep personal sense of loss. And I, again, I didn't understand why. But um, so here's the 1997 Diana version of Candle in the Wind. Hello, my name is Océane. I come from Martinia and you are listening to Radio Carom. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Men With Spirit on Radio Carom today with Steve and Pete and we're discussing crying. Now, I could say that um, we, we made a mistake there, but I'll say that um, we thought we'd show, uh, share the uh, original piece of music <laughs> and then the, uh, the version uh, that related to Diana. So I hope you uh, enjoyed both versions. We certainly did. Um, Steve, yeah. let's discuss some practical things we've done at various times to cry and uh, to avoid suppressing behavior and i think both of us had already admitted that um, it's still work in progress for both of us but certainly we can certainly um, share some of the things that we've done that help have helped helped us and other people we know um, to uh, feel more comfortable with crying when they wanted to yeah look i think the very first thing we need to do is we need to recognize that sadness i think at the, at the top of the show i, I just I shared that mm -hmm. you need to recognize that there is that sadness there and that it does need to come out um I think that that's the very first stage of releasing is that recognizing and the awareness of what you're feeling. Um, one of the things that works for me um, can be um, a movie. I know that recently I I watched The Fault in Our Stars. I think that's the name of this, the movie mm -hmm. uh, about these two kids and cancer and, and it just it was exactly what I needed and mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. that works for me movies I don't know what works for you but uh, movies Abs do help ab absolutely someone that knows me well says uh, as soon as I sit down to watch any sort of movie that's got any sort of emotional element to it I'll start tearing up mm. but I can remember one occasion many years ago when I was sitting there with my family and um, uh, we got the um, uh, DVD or CD whatever it was in those days um, it was probably a tape thinking back to it um, Sister Act and yes. they were playing the song um I will follow him, mm -hmm. and I was just bawling my eyes out. <laughs> this this song on this uh, sister act film, but uh, a whole range of different uh, movies will certainly do it for me. Music's another one. I think music's another one that you will have music that will touch you in a way that will help you also release. Um, um, I think we've played a couple of pieces that mean something to uh, to both of us, and I'm sure that everyone will find something that will they can always go to. Um, you know, if it means just putting your earpods in or your headphone, just being in the room, turning it up loud, and really feeling that music. That's mm -hmm. that's a great way of crying. And I think we also mentioned, uh, or you did earlier on, about um, feeling safe and being with someone you trust. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd include in that our Men With Spirit groups where mm -hmm. blokes come along and they, they are in a safe, nurturing um, and supportive environment. And uh, 
that's certainly a space where men feel safe to express mm-hmm. and sometimes that includes crying mm-hmm. and they're supported in doing that. that there's no judgment and uh, I think you know, that's one of the things people are looking for is to be in a safe environment where they're understood or listened to. Yeah. It doesn't mean at times they're not challenged mm-hmm. um, and called out, but um, there is that opportunity to just um, be yourself and just express what you need to express. Yeah, I agree. I think we also need to, um, if if it's possible, it's not it's not going to be easy for everybody, especially someone who maybe doesn't meditate or, or or work in that kind of way. But you focusing on the feeling and and meditating and working um, with a guide is a really good way of dealing with the feelings as well. It's just, it's it's probably more advanced work uh, for most people, especially if you're not used to doing it. Mm-hmm. But really, and this is a way that, you know, I've been sort of taught to try to deal with some of the feelings that I've had, and that is to really sit with the emotions and the, the memories and be sort of taken back to those feelings. And if you can do that... It's part of the healing process and just allowing that to sort of come through and not resist it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a real solo endeavor there that you're doing, but it's one that really has some very powerful um, healing. So, that's one way of doing it, but you, you would need to be comfortable with meditating and understanding how to meditate properly there. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about healing modalities, Pete. You know, we've spoken a few about those, but that's a great way. Yeah, I think find modalities that suit you that will help uh, do that. Um, uh, we mentioned homeopathy and Hanuman healing, spiritual counseling and, mm-hmm. and so on. Um, but the whole idea of becoming comfortable with crying, that it's its um, a very legitimate way of expressing how you're feeling and not feeling that uh, just because I'm a bloke, I can't cry. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, if you do feel the need to, you should be able to do it without feel, being judged or rejected. Absolutely. Um, it's just, yeah, it's looking at it as normal. I think when we start to just normalize it, it's just another emotion. It's another way of releasing um, uh, feelings. It's just another way of expressing as a human being, to be completely honest. It's not really that important. I think that we've made it too big a deal for something that really shouldn't be mm. a big deal. It should be mm. something that we are very comfortable doing. And I think we're sort of looking at things differently is very important. Um, and just honouring our emotions. It's just how I feel right now, and it will pass. Once I cry, once mm. I release, or once I laugh, or once I do whatever I need to do, it'll pass, mm. and then just move on. Um, but holding it back, this is where our problem is, is we hold back these feelings, and it causes long-term problems. Yep. Um, also, too, I mean, just from a physiological point of view as well, we just also need to recognise that the process of crying also releases a lot of chemicals that are good for us. In the body, yeah. Yeah, it so really does. Natural chemicals. Really do, yeah. Natural highs and stuff. We're not buying stuff from a drug dealer down the road or a big farmer or something. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. We're not advocating that at all. We're saying that you can do it yourself. You know, so oxytocin, endorphins, things like that, stress relieving. That's why it feels so good when, when we cry. That's the process of it's happening to us, a physiological point of view. So... There's a lot of benefit to crying. So, I'm encouraging everyone out there to cry. Remember that film, what was it, um, uh, Network, or what was it, years ago, where the guy went out on the balcony and said, go out there and I'm not going to take it anymore and scream from the balcony. (laughs) Now, we're urging everyone to go out there and have a good cry. Have a good cry and get on with it and don't make it a big deal. Do it. Yes, that's what we're doing today. That's, that's our community service announcement for the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. We often uh, we, we used to 
to have uh, conferences in uh, Vietnam. Uh, and uh, you recall, and I remember on one occasion, the, the people in the, in the place where we had it were absolutely lovely lovely people and they really uh, and we enjoyed being there each year and they enjoyed cool. having us but on one occasion i remember the um the staff were very concerned because uh, uh many people in our group were going around crying and i said what have we done to you know <laughs> that they've upset you and they were really concerned because people were crying and we were just explaining well <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the with the service or anything like that it's it's them sort of just releasing what they need to release and uh and by the end of the week of course everyone was incredibly happy and all the rest of it so uh it, it um it, uh, counteracted the feelings that the um, staff had earlier on i know so they're probably fun. afraid that the service is so bad here they're so upset yeah <laughs> it, was, it was funny all right, Pete. Um, I think it's been a good it's been a good session today. Um, we should start doing our little wrap up. Um, I wanted to say uh, thank you to Brett, who's been running our Gippsland circles, uh, our men's groups there. So that's going to continue on in Menion and Lee and Gather. And just check our Facebook page, and that'll give you the dates and times. And they'll be held on a fortnightly basis. Our Frankston group is on every Monday. And again, reach out to us on. Um, on Facebook or um, uh, you can email us on contact at menwithspirit.com.au there are many ways of contacting us um, yeah we'd love to see you there for, for, for yeah, sure and, and we are also looking at um, starting up group uh, additional groups elsewhere so if people are interested uh, and they're not in those areas um, mm-hmm. all the more reason to make contact with us we're, we're keen to um, engage with blokes all around the place yeah Steve, can I perhaps mention just about the fundraiser for um, do, Radio Radio yes. Karam. Um, yes. on the twenty fourth Friday, the twenty fourth of uh, June. There is an event here at the Roy Door um, Pavilion uh, at the uh, grounds here, and it's a fantastic facility. It's going to be a great night. Uh, so if you um, like the work that Radio Karam does and that we do, please um, support the event and and. Uh, uh, we're putting details on our Facebook page and you can uh, book a ticket to come along. So it should be a really good night on the 24th of June. And I'd like to also just add in that um, if you've got any uh, suggestions you'd like to make of songs or movies or whatever that make you cry or bring you to tears uh, that you'd like to share with us, please, please um, send it in to us. And um, we each of the episodes we do on Men With uh, Spirit at Radio Karam, we do a Spotify playlist uh, that you can search for by just uh, putting in the search bar in Spotify, Radio Karam Men With Spirit, and that'll bring up all of our playlists. But uh, if you can send your suggestions in, what we're going to attempt to do is put together the definitive list of um, crying songs (laughs) so in addition to the ones we've played today we'll add um, the ones you send in and other ones we've been uh, that have been suggested and uh, so whenever you want to feel like a good cry you've got a selection of music you can access via the uh, Radio Karam um, uh, Spotify list so okay that sounds like fun. Sounds like fun. <laughs> Can't wait to see what that list is like, actually. Um, all right. Well, we hope you've enjoyed our discussion today about men and crying. And um, we hope we've helped you see the importance in its how important it is for our well-being to express emotions like sadness, disappointment, but also joy and, and happiness. The notion that crying is weakness is simply not true. 
um, but we can also see that the long-term effects, especially on men's inability to express, can be quite devastating. So, as always, we like to add a little quote in from the Wisdom of Crazy Horse blog, and today we have chosen this one here, which I'll uh, share with you right now. Teach the children, young and old, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will hurt me forever. Mm. For this, realize it is the emotional damage that makes you sick. Physical injury injury only makes you indisposed. Mm. Which so is a reversal of that um, oft-quoted um, saying, and I think it's absolutely spot on, isn't it? Yeah. Look, if this program has brought up any issues for you, please reach out to us. Pete... Thanks again for co-hosting with me today, Marcus. Sure. As always, thank you for your production skills and so good to be in the studio today. And uh, I'll leave that with you, Pete, to wrap things up. Okay. Thank you, Steve. Um, at a recent uh, Men With Spirit meeting, one of the guys shared this song with us and he made the point that usually it is um, the feeling and the rhythm of the music that he most often connects with, uh, less so the lyrics and the message. Now, even though he'd, he'd listened to this song many times and it was on his repeat playlist, he'd only recently uh, registered that the lyrics uh, really resonated with him. And, uh, and it's really that combination of the feeling and the uh, lyrics uh, that we'd like to share with you now. And it's a song called Miracles, Someone Special by Coldplay and Big Sean. And see how this makes you feel. Um, Thanks for listening. And until next time, be true to yourself.